We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather, the Turbul people of Yagra land, as well as the Woiwurrung people of the Warrantiji land. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We respect all Turbul and Woiwurrung elders and ancestors and any First Nations people here today. I can't take it anymore! Good afternoon, good evening, good day and good morning, Blurtsters, wherever you are around the world. You are listening to the new Blurt. You absolutely are listening to the new Blurt. Hi, I'm the Kexer. And tonight I'm coming to you from a wintry country called the Nation of the Woiwurrung people. Sovereignty was never ceded, always has been, and always will be Aboriginal land. Uh, I will go into the rundown of the show tonight. If this is your first time stumbling across the new blurt, uh, enjoy. And thank you for um, giving us your time. We're going to be talking about the tax cuts uh, that are coming around, winners and losers, and a host of other things. But before we go into that, it's good evening, Wensi. Hello, hello, everyone. Uh, it's great to be here. And before I get started, I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of Mianjin and recognise their continuing connections to lands and waters. And I pay re- my respect to all Yagra and Turbul people, past, present, and emerging. Oof, that's wet. Yeah, I was going to say. Wet. Yes, I know. Well, we we spoke about it on this show last week, and then mm. good evening, good evening, Wincy. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, yes, um, we uh, we spoke about on the show last week uh, the Queensland floods and or cyclone. Um, how has that cyclone been progressing? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> on want of a better word, it's gone well as far as cyclones go. Um, <laughs> I the cyclone's happy with its work. That's what yeah, you're saying. It did its job. It just did a, a mild a mild destruction of far north. Queensland. So I was actually talking to a customer today who lives in Townsville. And he said, Oh yeah. Yeah. So he said it was um it was better than expected. It was only a category two. Um and yes, so uh, just lost the garage instead of the house, is that right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think most of the damage has 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 come after that with flooding. Um for example parts of southeast Queensland have severely um, uh, have received a lot a lot of wind uh, uh, floods so a lot of people near Brisbane so not in Brisbane around the Lockyer Valley um, not sure if you can see here uh, have, have been flooded here in Lockyer Valley this is lately oh um, that doesn't uh, that doesn't look good no no it definitely does not look good so that that um, it was probably almost a meter's worth of water there. Here oh. is another place in Morayfield, so that's north of Brisbane. Uh, so it's the outskirts of, of of northern Brisbane. So probably about. I gather, I gather you're doing this. I gather you're doing this in real time because the pictures are a little bit. Yes, I am doing this in real time. Sorry, I'm just scrolling through the page. Here we go. It's caught yeah. up. Yeah, it's got there now. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit. Crappy, but we can see what's going on. Yeah, we can see there's put, a lot of water there. Yeah, so there's been a lot of water. So the uh, Lockyer Valley, which is west of Brisbane, also got got uh, has been flooded uh, with uh, emergency crews evacuating people overnight um, right. in the in the swift water rescue boats. 
Uh, I think there were 28 calls to SES overnight just in, in one, one area, small area. Um, yeah, so it's been pretty damaging, all this. All I, this. I, I was going to say the SES really earned their money, but unfortunately they're um, not even funded by the government, which I find no. almost un... I find that just almost unbelievable to think that mm. the state emergency service in every state is not funded by the government. Yeah, that just yeah. seems ridiculous to me. So who funds it? Is it must be state? Well, I, or do they do? Might I, be some yeah, homework for us there. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think so. Whack that in because yeah, I, I'm I'm not exactly sure, and I know that Ness at one stage was going to join the SES, and I just could not believe how bad their funding was. Mm. Um, Considering how important they are, especially you know when it comes to tragedies uh, like this, so um, they said that the uh, cyclone, etc. They said that a lot of the offshoot of that, there'd be a hell of a lot of rain in yep. Brisbane and even going south of Brisbane. Has that been yep. the case with you? Yeah, yeah. So all all that area that I've all that all those photos that we just saw, yeah, and those suburbs are all. Just surrounding not... Brisbane, so southeast. Oh, Queensland. you're kidding! Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, so we got a fair good drenching on Sunday and yesterday. Yeah. Um, so the ground is pretty soaked in southeast Queensland and also wow. west of Townsville. So in in a central Queensland, Mount Isa, all that as you come down. So imagine yeah. a circle from north Queensland just going right around. So it's just done a an anti-clockwise loop this rain. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. So that's yeah. that's where it's gone. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah. um so are you needing to take a boat to work or what's what's going on there? Uh if I was going to work, yes. <laughs> it's been so hot and muggy, I just have not even wanted to get out of this house. Yeah, yeah, fair enough too. Um, it, oh yeah. wow. So it's been really hot and flooded. <clears throat> yes. Hot oh. flooded. I'm yeah. starting to see mold creeping on outside of um the house that we live in so oh i've got some work to do over the weekend to clean that up yeah um yeah it's just it's just been 80 percent more for the past week yeah. pretty constant yeah 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 fun, that's fun times. Never, never yeah i've never been a big fan of that you know that uh, you know that yeah. yeah. i tell you something i have been a fan of in the past though mm. and that is Homework, which we had a little bit of. Homework, that is right. I should go first because it leads on from what we were just talking about. Um, go for it. Because my homework was um, the different categories in cyclones. Oh, um, right. Yeah, so it was predicted that um, Kiralee, cyclone Kiralee, ex-tropical cyclone Kiralee, uh, was going to hit as a category three, but ended up hitting as a category two once it hit landfall. Um, but a category one, just to quickly recap what these categories are, I'll go from uh, least damaging to most damaging. Uh, maximum wind uh, mean speed is 63 to 88 kilometres, so not too not too hard. Uh, with a... Jesus, that sounds fast to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the strongest gust up to 125 kilometres, so it can... Bit of damaging winds, negligible house damage, can damage some crops, trees and caravans, but and craft may drag moorings, but not come off it. Category two, which was Kiralee, uh, destructive wind, winds, minor house damage, significant damage to signs, trees and caravans, heavy damage to some crops, risk of power failure, which I know they did have in Townsville. 
and small craft may break moorings with the maximum mean wind speed of 89 to 117. So it's the next bracket up. And the strongest gust between 125 and 164. So you can imagine these numbers are going to get worse. Um, category three, roofs will come off, caravans destroyed, significant damage to crops and trees, power failure most likely. Wind mean speed 120 to 160. That's as an average or mean. And the strongest gusts, 165 to 224 kilometers. That's only category three. That's exactly right. Uh, category four, um, significant loss to roofs, structural damage, uh, many caravans destroyed and blown away. Uh, a bit like um, uh, Wizard of Oz, I'm guessing. Um, dangerous airborne debris. That's where it's pretty dangerous to definitely be outside. Mean wind speed 160 to 200 as an average, and the stronger gust, strongest gust between 225 and 280. Category five, which is the worst, is pretty Jeez. much just extremely dangerous, widespread destruction um, of everything. Mean average uh, speed uh, greater than 200, and the strongest gust are greater than 280. So I think Cyclone Tracy was over 300 kilometers when it hit. So you can imagine the, um, and we all know how destructive that was in, in Darwin back in 74, I think it was. Something like that. And what was the category on that one? Uh, uh, I think it was, I'm pretty confident it was category five. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Holy crap. No wonder it wiped out a, um, well, it, it, it wiped out. What that half a Darwin, didn't it? Or yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was, um, uh, it was a category four actually. I just did a quick category research. four. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah, pretty serious stuff. Yeah, that is pretty yeah. pretty serious stuff. And thank you very much for following that's up with that homework. homework. A little bit of homework that I had from last week uh, that I actually gave myself because I thought we owed it to the Blurtsters. Um, Anatomy of a Fall, which was uh, and is one of the Oscar-nominated movies that we did touch on last week in, um, um, uh, was that what's on the box? No. No, I think it was just in Blurt Around the World we are talking about. Oh, Blurt Around the World. Okay, cool. No worries. And we were talking about the Oscars, etc. Anyway, Anatomy of a Fool was one of those movies. And I thought it was incumbent of me to actually find out what it was about because it's Oscar nominated. And you and I just went, well, pff, I've got no idea. Um, it's actually a true story. Okay. And it's a French film, which is even more interesting in the fact that it's in the top nominations for an Oscar. Ooh. Our uh, story revolves around Sandra, a character in the film. Sandra is assisted by her old friend, lawyer Vincent Renzi. Sandra is striving to prove her innocent in a complex web of intrigue. The courtroom becomes a battleground of narratives. Each side paints her own version. The film is a French legal drama thriller. Uh, the film uh, presents a labyrinth of truth and deception. It's not just the fall of a man, but the fall of a relationship. And it won the Palme d'Or at the 76 Cannes Film Festival. Nice. So it's a bit of a heavy hitter. The thing that it didn't talk about there is that what happens is it's right at the start of the movie. It's called an anatomy of a fool, so I'm not giving anything away. Okay. Um, her husband is found fallen somehow from three stories from their um, snow chalet, of oh, their, mm. their chalet in the snow. 
Right. And she apparently is the only one around. Yeah, intriguing. And so they start doing a bit of a whatever. Anyway, so that is a true story. It's based on a true story. Hmm. So, and I, I had a look at the trailer. It looks really, really good. Yeah. So I would recommend that, and uh, I would definitely go and see it. The other thing I wanted to just clear up was the name of the book that I was talking about, Mosquitoes, last mm-hmm. week. Just again, I think it was in Blood Around the World. Um, no, that one it, was in, um, sorry to interrupt, was in uh, Great People That Did Stuff when we're talking about Marcus Aurelius. Beautiful. We're talking about beautiful. how mosquitoes can kill armies and stuff. Superb. Absolutely superb. <laughs> and this book discusses the significant impact of mosquitoes on human history, including the fact that mosquito borne diseases have killed close to half of the 108 billion human beings who have ever lived. Wow. Yeah. Ah. Half. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, pretty ridiculous. Mm. And that's why I hate them. Yeah. So, um, but Try I think. being up here in this humid. In yes. This humid you must be getting a few, I would have thought. Yeah. Everywhere. Man, of mozzie bites I've got all over me. Luckily, they're not killing me. Yes, it is very lucky because we've been getting ulcers down here, apparently. So, oh, really? Ooh, okay. Yeah, apparently, uh, some it's all comes down to climate change. It all comes down to the fact that the climate is getting hotter and weirder. It's because it's not just warming; it's changing. That's why it's mm. called climate freaking change. Yeah. The fact is that. I remember the summers we used to have here, and they used to be hot and they used to be dry. Mm. And and we, I don't think we've actually had that for about um, two or three years now. Yeah. I, again, this year the temperatures have been down. We've had quite a bit of rain, and a, according to me, it's a La Nina or an El Nino. Do we I have think an we're El in Nino? A, we're, we're in an El Nino. Is that the dry or the wet? The, that should be the dry. Right. So the El Nino is the dry. We're saying El Nino is dry. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So you would think that we would be getting dry, but no, Mm. we're not. We do have a hot one coming up on Sunday. We have Mm. a 35, but that's really the hottest we've had so far. Mind you, though. Well, no, that's correct. And that's only the end of January. So what I am going to assume is going to happen is that we are going to get our hot weather from February onwards. Yeah, to probably March, I'm guessing. Correct. Maybe even past. Mm. So, you know, that's how much things are changing. And... um, Everything's they, just shifting, isn't it? It's like it's just moving just down the calendar. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. It absolutely is. Uh, I mean, the animals must just be going mental, going, mm. what the hell's going on? Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be giving birth now. What am I doing? <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot Bloody of that. Winter. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. But... Work. Around the world, around the world, around the world, around the world. Yeah, so blood around the world, um, another couple of reasons not to go to Sydney. Um, unfortunately, a, um, around the world, around the world, around the world. That one down a little bit. Yeah, I can, I can do that. I can do, I can do that next time. Yeah, a twenty-year-old uh, lady in her twenties, in her twenties, has just been bitten by a shark in Sydney Harbour by a cool. bull shark. Yeah, no, no, it's true. It is true. It but is I, true, but right. I see what you, I, I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. 
but but I wasn't fast enough to uh, get on a thing there. But considering there is someone's life in uh, danger, I didn't think it was a laughing uh, moment. So <laughs> Lauren O'Neill, who's in her late 20s, was bitten on the right leg by a suspected bull shark in Elizabeth Bay around sunset on Monday, which is Sydney Harbour. It was horrifying. I never experienced anything like it, he told uh, Nines Today program on Tuesday. I'm not sure if she was just talking about Nine's program on Tuesday or getting bitten by the bull shark. I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly sure on that one. But um, but her leg was uh, sort of trailing behind her, which is never a good sign. Um, behind her was all of the red blood. The whole thing was totally surreal, and I still haven't processed it all. So I won't say any more than that. Apart from the fact, again, another reason not to go to Sydney. Um, and now, if you need, I believe. Well, you know, she seems to be okay, but, yeah, it's been a bit crap. It's not, mm. not been great. I'm just going to double-check the end of this, and I, I, she's definitely survived. But, oh, here we go. Approximately eight tagged bull sharks have been detected by shark listening stations off Sydney beaches over the past week, according to the minister who said the government will continue to work with councils on shark safety programs and awareness. Wow. I find that quite interesting because it says um, shark listening stations off Sydney beaches over the past week. And all I can see as a vision is a whole bunch of sharks just having a chat to each other. And, you know, the station, oh, can you see Sydney out there? I think it's about to bite someone. <laughs> we, better, we better just let them, let them know that you probably shouldn't do that. Apparently, they prefer water temperatures above 20 degrees, as I know you do. Slightly yep. deeper water during the day and shallow water at night and are more active at dawn to dusk. So, yeah. Keep out of the water down there, I would say. Yes. Um, Highly recommend that. Yes. Stick to those, um, those um, what are they called, rock pools in in, Sydney, in in and around Sydney and down the coast where it's all enclosed. Yes. yes. But you still uh, get the ocean water. Yes. Good luck. Yeah, good luck finding a shark in there. I mean, mm. geez, if you did, you'd be very, very unlucky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just imagine if you went to a rock pool and all of a sudden a, a shark is just bathing in it and, you you know, you just can't. Tell me that wouldn't just scare the shit out of you. So for the shark, all it wants is just to sunbake in the pool yeah. by itself, not share that's it with it. anyone. And then you all these imagine. humans get in the way. That's it. That's it. You can just imagine the poor old Trumps, the, the whole Trump, the poor old um, uh, shark is there just in the rock pool. Just, oh, come on, just fuck off and let me be, will you? You can sort of just imagine it. Um, but anyway, talking about that and talking about the water, I believe you've got something on uh, a surfing dog or something. I do. I do. Um, yes. Uh, just recently um, came to news from Peru a, a little Jack Russell, four year old Jack Russell that loves to surf. And um, the owner, Mauro Canella, is a surfing instructor at the beach in San Bartolo, uh, which is about 50 kilometers from Lima, the capital of Peru. And, I'm so um, glad you did this uh, one and not me. <laughs> yeah, I love it when you, when you do all the accents. Very good. Efruz um, is not a Spanish word that I know of. So I don't know where Efruz, which is the dog's name, where it comes from. Uh, but yeah, little four-year-old Jack Russell. Um, yeah, they started surfing about a year ago, but they're not the only ones who surf on on this beach and, and around this area. There's about a dozen others um, that can be seen in the area. But I thought... Oh, I'd you mean dogs? Dogs surfing? Dogs surfing, yes. Surfing dogs. Wow. wow. With their owners. 
So I'm just going to share a video. Oh, nice. Excellent. Yep. Oh, that's very cool. Keeps his balance pretty well, doesn't he? Anyone listening and not watching at this stage, we have a little Jack Russell on the end of a surfboard. And we will have the links in the uh, show notes. So you'll be able to go and have a look at that yourself. But it's a pretty good picture. And now you can see the guy uh, just paddling in with the dog on a surfboard. He, he looks he looks quite happy. He doesn't look yeah. like he's too upset about it. No. How, how long has he been um, surfing? Uh, about a year now. So, yeah, he's um, pretty much an expert now for a dog. Wow, absolutely. He's a beautiful little Jack Russell, isn't he? Isn't he? Oh, yeah. what a nice That's a nice story. I like that. Oh, it I is. Like that. That's very good. That's very good. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, I like to uh, – I, I would love to uh, keep the joy going, but um, it seems to be – seems to be – this time, uh, which is oh, that's some nice music playing in the background. Fellas, I... oh, it's can you get the uh, Trump jail background up for me? Oh, yes, I can do that. That would be really, really good. So so in Trump Watch uh, this week, uh, what's happened? Well, many things have happened, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go um, along with the really, really important one that he's extremely upset about. He's not a happy camper at all on this one. Um, and just before I go there, I'll just say a couple of things that are happening. So he has just won New Hampshire and he just won Iowa, Iowa, Iowa in the last couple of weeks um, in the caucuses over there. So that means that he's their representative for the Republican Party, but he's still got another 48 states to go. Mm -hmm. I believe there was a rumour or something that I heard that Hawaii was thinking about throwing him off the ballot as well. Mm -hmm. wow. um, Colorado still have their court case, I think, about to go to the US Supreme Court because uh, they want to throw him off the ballot. And Maine does as well. Does that so, mean that Nikki Haley can be on the ballot for those states where they're trying to scrub him off? Yes, it absolutely does. Okay. Yep. So there's a chance she does. could win if she stays in the race, some, some of those yes. states. Yes. And <laughs> we will do a party in the USA at one stage, but not for probably a couple of weeks. But mm. um, the one thing I will say about that is I think that Nikki Haley's idea who is the uh, only uh other candidate who is versing trump at this particular stage um her idea to stay in is i think just to be a pain in his ass because <laughs> the longer she is there the more angry and um uh grumpy and completely cantankerous and 100% unhinged is old orange head. Mm. So I didn't think he could get any worse. I, I thought he uh, was always yes. like that. But, yes, yeah. I, see, I see what you mean, though. It will yeah. get worse. Yeah, it will get worse because he's got 91 counts and I think four or five um, court cases. So mm. he's only got to uh, be convicted on any one of those um, counts. And uh, apparently 40% of the Republican Party won't vote for him. So... Um, cross your fingers. 
Mm. But um, but and he's got some but, damages to pay, to to pay as well, hasn't he? Absolutely. So the news just gets better for old Orange Head. So Trump has been ordered to pay eighty three million in damages in the def- second, not first, second defamation trial. So Trump uh, defamed, and he was found to have defamed uh, E. Jean Carroll um, the first time round, and he had to pay her five million. Uh, because the uh, judge said it was just a judge, no jury on this one. And he said, uh, yep, you're guilty and I don't believe your story and you need to pay $5 million. Within 24 hours, he defamed her again because <laughs> he's a genius, absolute genius. And E. Jean Carroll went, okay, no problems. I will just sue you again. Sue you again. <laughs> and uh, and she's done very well. Yeah, absolutely. Ding, ding, round two. And she's definitely won round two. And uh, Lena Hubber, who is uh, Trump's uh, attorney, she is a bit unhinged as well. Absolute nutbag. And she's very, very upset. (laughs) So (laughs) the jury decided that only a big sum would stop Trump from opening his mouth. So five million wasn't going to do it. But Mm. 83 million, so 83 million. This came down on the 27th of January, January, right? Mm-hmm. It's the 30th, about to go into the 31st, and he has not said. And will he appeal? I assume he uh, will. Yes, of course he will appeal, but he's not saying anything at all mm-hmm. before the appeal either. So this is a large sum. It's a very, very large sum, said Dmitry Shunkinovich, an attorney and professor at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Carol's lawyers successfully made the case to the jury that only a huge amount of money would compel this idiot to stop. And a, an award for, obviously, that was, um, uh, you know, part, parts of me in there. An award for punitive damages relies on severity of the conduct, Shakin, Shakinovich says. What the jury is saying is that this wealthy orange-headed dude who will not stop the only way to stop him is to hurt him financially. So while we cannot know the jury's private deliberations penalty, this large speaks to circumstances of the case, what they thought of it for sure. There may be appellate procedures, maybe some reductions, but this isn't a good thing, and that is for sure. Hmm. So yeah, so a little bit of a little bit of a comeuppance there. Yes, yes, he'll he'll never shut up. I just, I just know that. <clears throat> yes, just, no, yeah. he's. his. Always got to open up his big gob. Yes, it does uh, very much seem to be um, open often. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and nothing intelligible it, ever comes out. No, usually when it does, it's uh, it's not particularly intelligent to listen to. No. No. And it's usually hate-filled and, and all yeah, the rest of it. and lies but, and stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. But we have some f- fantastic stuff um, after uh, after Trump Watch, and so I think what we'll do is just go to a quick break, and we will get the uh, blood bank to talk about how good they are, and then we'll be back, and we will talk about the Australians of the Year that uh, were just um, just awarded uh, just last week. So yeah. we'll do that, and we'll get that sorted. Away we go. When you give blood, you're more than just a blood donor. You're the lifeblood of Australia. Search Give Blood and book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. 
give blood. Hey, this is Hannah Melville Ray from the Australia Institute. I'm listening to the new blurt with Wensi and the Kexta, and you should be too. It's on Tuesday nights, live from around 8 p.m. Bert on the side. It is Blurred on Society. And, um, yeah, so we've got a few winners of the Australians of the Year. Do you have some information on that, uh, Wincy? I do have on a few, but I don't know which one you want to start off with. Um, do you want to start I, off with a big one? Uh, no, we might leave the big one to last, I think. To end? Okay. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're good with that. Yep. Um, I thought I might do um, Yame Unipingu, which mm-hmm. is the, in, I think, uh, Australian Indigenous um, of the Year. That's right. And I uh, was awarded for a lifetime of dedication to preserving and sharing Yonu culture and language, fostering understanding and reconciliation between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. Yeah, she's been teaching it for a really long time, I think 30 mm. years apparently. Yeah, something like that. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty cool to watch, actually. To be honest, um, her give her uh, speech, as it were. She's yeah, I missed, um, I missed, missed out on watching it this year. I normally do watch it because I do like to see who um, who are the winners and and their achievements. But yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, absolutely. Uh, it was awesome, actually, and um, it was. She had a standing ovation when she gave her speech, and. Um, she is the widower of um, the Unipingu who died, I think, just last year, was it? Before uh, Gama Festival, I think, mm. or maybe after the Gama Festival. I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, and I think that Unipingu was the brother of the one that was in Yothu Yindi. Yindi, correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who, unfortunately, who died... Quite a few years ago, actually. Yeah, a number of years ago, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, she is the survivor, Unipingu, as it were. And, mm. um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great award and it was great to see her get it. Um, we also have, I think this, I think this was the Young Australian. I think this is Young Australian of the Year. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Emma McKeon. Emma have you got that McKeon. One? Yep, I do yeah. have that one. Good. You might have a bit more information on that one, so go for it. Uh, yes, Emma McKeon or Keon? Keon. Keon. Um, Who knows? Not, yeah, not sure how they, yeah, how they pronounce that one. Depends on which side of England you're from, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, most, um, Many of Australians may know her and, and her rivals too from around the world. Um, she is an ex-Australian swimmer. Um, uh, swam in the 2020 Tokyo Games, uh, where she became the first female swimmer and the second woman in history to win seven medals in a single Olympics. Oh my um, giddy aunt, that's yeah, nuts! So, yeah, it is. Um, very, very highly high achieving uh, athlete she is. Um, uh, golds hmm? in there, or yeah, a bunch of golds and other other medals. I uh, oh don't have the exact mix here. But, wow. Uh, um comes from a strong family of swimmers with her father mother brother and uncle all representing australia in the pools uh in the swimming pool 
uh, didn't quite make the 2012 London Olympics, um, but she took a break. Um, and two years later, uh, went and won six medals from six races at the 2014 Com Games or the Commonwealth Games. That's so, what you call an overachiever. Definitely. It puts us all to shame. Um, yeah, she said she was humbled to receive the award. I've been swimming for as long as I can remember, and I grew up inspired by incredible athletes, which put a fire in my belly to go after my dreams and do something great with the power of determination and hard work. Um, but yeah, she said also that she hopes to inspire others to go after their dreams. Um, yeah, she quote another quote from her, don't be afraid to take on hard things and set aspirational goals that at times might be scary, this is how we push ourselves to achieve our dreams. So she is only 29, I think she was. Yeah, she, she is 29-year-old. So, yeah. And that yeah. was, was that Young Australian of the yep. Year? Is young Australian, was correct. Wow. I've got a, um, a particularly interesting one here. Um, and I'm just faffing a little because don't have quite as much information that as I wanted. Um, so I just wanted to find... Uh, right, here we go. So Dr. Janine Mohammed, uh, she was... Oh, good. So they're in there. So she should yep. be in there yep. somewhere. She'll be in there. Can you see her? Do yeah, there she is. Yeah. She's a Vic. Dr. Janine Mohammed. Uh, she is 2024 Vic Australian of the Year. So she's an exceptional leader. Um, sometimes jokes about being an accidental CEO in her nearly five years <laughs> leading the Lowitia Institute in Melbourne. And before that, as a CEO of the Congress of Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Nurses and Midwives, she's created important platforms for Indigenous peoples and championed culturally safe health care. Uh, Narunga Corner Woman, Janine initially studied nursing at the University of South Australia, where she's now an adjunct professor, celebrated alumni of the year. For the next 25 years, she worked in nursing, health policy and research in the Indigenous community, controlled health sector. In 2020, she was awarded an honorary doctorate in nursing by the Edith Cowan University. She's committed to dismantling racism, expanding opportunities for Indigenous health workforce and closing the gap in Indigenous health outcomes through the systemic integration yes. of cultural safety. So that is yes. an absolute cracker. So that is... Um, nominee. So in that... Yeah, that was, so yeah, that's, a, that's a nominee from Victoria. Yep, got from it. Victoria. Yep. So, yeah, in those columns, you can see the nominees and then the winners are all at the top for each category. You've got Australian of the Year on the left, Senior Australian that you spoke about, Young Australian of the Year, Emma, and then the local hero, David oh, Elliott. Beautiful, the local hero. Okay, I'd love to get a bit of information on the local hero if you've got any there. Would I be nice. do, I do. So Excellent. David, Fantastic. David Elliott. A little segue there. David Elliott, uh, David Elliott, a pastoralist who was a Queensland pastoralist. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm really struggling with some of these pronunciations. Uh, today. Pastoralist. <clears throat> pastoralist. Pastoralist. Let's say pastoralist. pastoralist. Yes. Pastoralist. Yeah, so he was mustering sheep on his um, outback Queensland property in 1999 when he came across some dinosaur fossils on his property. Discovery led to many others, and he and his wife eventually, over time, um, uh, founded the Australian Age of Dinosaurs Museum of Natural History. It was uh, operated on his on their property. 
in, in, in outback Queensland and where they conducted uh, digs and built and built an impressive collection of dinosaur fossils. It grew so big that the museum later moved um, onto donated land elsewhere. And that museum now houses some of the most significant collection of fossils from the nation's largest dinosaurs. Yeah, and Elliot said he was honoured just to be nominated. I simply represent the hard work and passion of a lot of people, and I'm just proud to be one of them, he said, as he accepted his award. The 66-year-old also highlighted the importance of education, saying he was determined to build a national history museum to rival those out uh, overseas. So he's got lofty goals now, um, so hopefully he can build a bigger museum. So we'll have to find out where this museum is located. And I'll do that while we're chatting. Uh, it is in Caulfield in Queensland. I have Corf oh, wow. As in C-O-R-F-I-E-L-D. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Caulfield other than yeah. Caulfield. Near Winton. So Near you, you've Winton. probably heard of Winton. I have heard of Winton, yeah. I don't know anything about I it, but I've Winton. heard of it. I've never heard of it. Yeah, Winton. So Longreach, you must have heard of Longreach. Yes, definitely heard of Longreach. All right. So go north Queensland, go to Rockhampton, head west for four or five, six hours, and you've hit Longreach. Go have a little bit further and you'll you'll reach Caulfield, Winton. And that's, that's amazing. So you can you can drive five or six hours west from where? From Brisbane. From Rockhampton. Is that right on the coast? Yes, that is right on the coast. Right. Okay, cool. Just right. shows you how yeah. big Queensland is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let me I don't think you can drive. Yeah. I don't think you can drive. Can you do drive five hours in Victoria? I'm trying to think where you could drive five hours. In Victoria. Uh, it'll probably be, what's the one in top northwest? Yeah. Mildura. Yeah, Mildura or Ichuka, or I can't really think of. Um, but again, I don't think that's five hours. I think it's only not no, four that's hours. probably four so. hours. Just shows you how big Queensland is. Oh, it's sure is. Um, but you can see here on the map. Um, so big, and no one lives there. Yeah. Oh. There's Rockhampton right on the coast. There's oh, Townsville up right. here. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's, it's closer to Townsville than it is to Rockhampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocky, as the locals call it. And there's yes. Longreach. Yeah. yeah. Winton is just to the left of that red marker oh. where the museum is and there's Caulfield. Oh wow. Right. Yeah, so. I'm watch I'm watching uh Total Control on Sunday nights at the moment and absolutely loving it. And uh What's they mentioned that? Oh my goodness gracious me. We'll talk we'll talk about it on what's on the box in a few weeks' time. To um, total patrol? No, total control. Total control. Oh okay. Yeah. Curious. But uh yes I'll I'll uh, keep the people uh teased slightly because you will be able to pick it up on iView if you haven't watched it. So now I will uh, yeah, I'll talk about that later. Anyway, okay. so the big one, the big Australian, if you can maybe mm. put that list up again. Uh, the bring that up. Yep. The big Australians of the year were Professor Richard Scolier and Professor Georgina Long uh, from New okay. South Wales. Um, in a short uh, word, the pioneering research and treatment advances in melanoma saving countless lives and improving the outlook for patients worldwide. But expanding on that, because considering they're Australians of the Year, I probably should. For over 30 years, Professor Scolia and Long have been in the forefront of melanoma research and treatment. And me being stage zero melanoma, 
know all about that. They have developed innovative diagnostic tools, targeted therapies, personalized treatment plans, and significantly improved survival rates and quality of life for melanoma patients. Their groundbreaking work has saved countless lives and transformed the outlook for this once deadly disease. Their dedication to research, collaboration, and patient care is an inspiration to us all, and their achievements represent a true triumph for Australia's scientific excellence. And they've received numerous awards and accolades, including the Order of Australia, and I'll just talk about that segue in a second. And their joint recognition as Australia of the Year is a testament to their profound impact on the lives of others. Now, as amazing as those two people are, and they are, off the charts, amazing. Um, the uh, the guy out of those two, which I think is well, Richard Scolier, mm. is fifty seven and he's got terminal brain cancer, which was only discovered what was it June of last year, I think it was. Yep. So he is a guinea pig in his own experiment, experiments and treatment, mm. etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I really, really hope. Um, that he's able to get on the podium next year. It would be fantastic if he can. Mm. To um, hand over the Australian of the Year award to the next person. Yeah, it would be yeah, great. It would be great. Uh, my partner's dad actually got um, um, diagnosed with uh, melanoma um, stage three about uh, 15, 16. How long have I been back? Uh, 2010, 2008. Uh, what is it? We're in 2024. Yeah, yeah, about 12 to 15 years ago, mm. he was diagnosed with stage three and he was given six to nine months to live. And he's still around. Awesome. That's such good news. And it is. is and the reason is because the worst? He, well, the, th the thing is that he had the immunal, because he, you know, he, he, you could say luck or you could say hard work, whatever, or a bit of both. Um, he had a bit of coin behind him. So mm. he went to some of the best places, got the best treatment, and he had some of the treatment that they're working on and they have been working on, um, as he said, for over 30 years. Well, part of those years he was actually getting some of that treatment that other people mm. couldn't afford and yeah. didn't know of. Mm. But because of people like him, that treatment is getting uh, more affordable all the time. Mm. And uh, their idea is to have government-funded melanoma checks, uh, you know, full skin checks uh, for everyone basically um, mm. yearly. Because, I mean, when I go, every time it's 200 bucks. So Yeah. You know, there was a period there last year when, when I got my skin checked and they pulled out um, a BCC yeah. basal... Carcinoma, yeah, yeah. basal cell carcinoma, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, that was free. So, whenever I did that, which was, yeah, so 2022, so it must have been part of COVID and other relief that they did at the time, but oh, now, wow. yeah, you, you've got to pay for it. So, yeah, because you had one recently, you had to pay for that one, yeah, uh, no, no, that was free. Oh, that so was the one. one, yeah, the one that I did in 2022 was free. Right. I got a reminder just before my holidays. It, December and yeah it was a paid service now so yeah I only put it off because yeah we're about to go on holidays and didn't have time yeah no I understand I, I totally get that and and that is one thing that these two people are um 100 promoting which is mm. sun safety 
and um, she's uh, Professor Georgina Long in particular was just saying how bad a tan is for you. Mm. And, um, you know, I mean, I've been saying it for years, but, um, mm. you know, um, but yeah, pre tanning is just pre cancering. So, mm. yeah. Are tanning uh, salons still a thing or are they being I, I, outlawed? I, yeah, look, it's a great question. I don't think they are. And I think they mm. were. I think they were mm. outlawed. They, I know they used to be a big thing when I went to London one of the first times. And, mm. um, and they, um, yeah, no, I'm not sure if they got outlawed. I think they were outlawed just before I left, maybe. Okay. Uh, but I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure they're outlawed here. I, from my understanding, most well, uh, girls who still want to tan, they just fake tan all the time. Mm. So you know, go for your life. If you want a fake tan? I think that's yeah. a great idea. If you want to yeah. be brown and you want to do it without getting cancer, we'll go for it. So mm. now, th- what I wanted to refer to was you. Uh, did a bit last week on great people that did stuff mm. on the spraying of um, uh, skin. Uh, spray, spray on skin. That's right. Yeah. Dr. Fiona Wood, I believe. That's right. And uh, yeah. She, she, what did she win? She just won the Order of Australia. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Um, obviously, from her extensive work in that area still. So. Mm. If yeah. you're not if you're not sure, um, people that are listening to this show, go back and listen to last week's potty. And uh, when he talks about Fiona Wood and he talks about spray on skin in great mm. people that did stuff, it's a very very good yep. listen. And uh, the potty's out now. So that's right. So yeah. it was Fiona Wood and Maria Stoner, so that um, she gets the credit as well. So it was two two people with the spray on skin technology. Yes. But yes. Well, I think what we might do is uh, talk about the tax three, uh, uh, stage three tax cuts. What do you reckon? <laughs> yep, sounds good. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. But if you're getting money out of it, you might be able to have a seat. And I'll tell you one simple lesson. Boom, 1929, the big crash. It's the economy, stupid. Let's start off with the easy ones, the winners. Yeah, well, you go for it, uh, yep. Wincy. Yep. Tell me who those winners are. The winners, well, the winners are you and me. Oh, wow. Yes, we we will get a lot more than what we would have got under the previous uh, plan. Um, so I'm not going to reveal exactly how much I earn, <laughs> but I'll just bring up the table. So um, we've got under the Liberals tax, uh, stage three tax uh, cut plan, uh, people under 140, we're going to get a decent amount of coin back. But now they're, go- they're going to get $454 more than they would have. So they've, they've had an increase in their return or their rebate i guess that's a rebate okay it's a rebate. uh no well it's uh it's, oh, no, it's a tax a, refund so it's a tax refund but yeah, the thing tax, with this yeah. the thing with this is that um you don't get it all in one lump sum you just pay less tax each week yeah which is annoying <laughs> it is you sort of want it in one lump sum so so you can go buy the big 65 inch tv mm-hmm. or 80 inch tv that everyone's been dreaming of but uh, but, uh when it's 
when you're only getting ten bucks a week or whatever, whatever it yeah. works out to. Yeah. 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 No, well that that's exactly that's exactly right. But to to be hundred percent honest and anyone on this show can uh hold me to this, it's not a problem. Um I'm more than happy whatever tax cut we get, because I don't really believe in the tax cut, um, to give it to some decent decent charities. But that's going to be really hard to do now because of mm. the way that I won't even know what I'm not getting or I am getting. Yeah, just incremental. Um, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. slightly annoying. It is. Um, so anyone with anyway. 140000 or less has an increase of the tax cut that they would have got if it hadn't been changed. So they are the winners, anyone earning up to 140. So win-win. Win wins so any anyone under 140. So I believe that the people that are on 45 grand now, um, the lo- very much lower because you know, 45 grand, unfortunately, is very low. But I mean, you might be a part time worker, etc. It could mm. be a mum or a dad going back to work just part time while the other half is um mm. working full time, whatever the situation is. Um, uh, they actually get some money back, whereas before yeah. I believe they got none. They were getting nothing correct. So here we've got the table 40,000, zero previously. Now they're getting 654, which can pay for, I don't know, gas bill for a year. Is oh, that, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, or absolutely. So, I mean, if you're getting $26 more a week, right, that is easy. I mean, you could easily do, you know, if, if there's only three of you or something, you can easily do. Um, a few meals on that at home. They would mm. easily pay for a couple of meals. I mean, admittedly, if you went to McDonald's or whatever, you might only get one meal out of it. But if you actually, you know, uh, bought some rice and whatever, whatever, and mm. did some meals at home, you could easily um, feed for three, uh, yeah. you know, a few times a week, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah. yeah, and especially but, with the cost um, of living at the moment, every, every dollar counts. Well, absolutely, absolutely. So what we're saying is the winners uh basically anyone 140 grand down is that what we're saying pretty much yeah oh well that's good because i believe before the winners were uh 200 up to 250 grand i believe i believe they Mm. were the winners which uh, have a look so if we scroll down a little bit yes so 200,000 and above would have got 9,000 and now they're getting four and a half. Oh, yeah. my heart bleeds. My heart. Oh, I know. Tell me about it. Bleeds. Yes. Um, I, I have heard some argument that there was a tax uh, stage, a tax cut stage one and a tax cut stage two. Mm. But that argument falls on its uh, feet pretty quickly when you actually um, have a look at uh, the information on both those tax cuts. Mm. And one was meant to be temporary, and the other one uh, was just such a small cut for the lower to middle class earners was just ridiculous. Mm. And um, and then all of a sudden you look at stage three and just go, what the actual? Yeah. Um, so, but um, well, that's the winners. Well, I thought I might do the the losers, and as we've just uh, mentioned, the losers mm-hmm. will be the, the richies, which is yeah. about time. That's what I would yes. say. So the biggest losers from legislated tax three uh, stage three tax cuts are higher socioeconomic status areas, including, and this is what I find really interesting as well, uh, including all the TL independent seats. And um, yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing that's particularly interesting about that 
is that um, I was uh, following, and I, as I do, I follow a few of the Teals on Instagram. Well, we mm-hmm. do, uh, the Blurt does. And uh, I was following Allegra Spender's um, uh, post a little bit uh, the other uh, the other day. And it was interesting because she keeps uh, she keeps sort of posting the same question regarding the tax cuts, etc. Mm-hmm. What what was your impression, etc. And she had I I saw the, all the replies and so many of the replies were it was so good to see um, Albo actually make a really courageous decision and mm. help out the country, etc., etc., etc. And and this was a lot of this was coming from her own electorate and. Um, you know, and lots of other people as well. And she, you could see she was sort of fishing for a different sort of answer. And, mm-hmm. and the amount of people that sort of just sort of kicked back on that stream and just said, look, we've already told you. Why do you keep asking us the same question? <laughs> we, we, we told you. We thought it was good. Just, you know, accept it. Because Electra Spender is in one of the um, higher, highest socioeconomic uh, status areas in Australia. So, mm. um as I say, with the teals, etc., we'll, we'll go through that in a second. But um, the independent seats in some Sydney metro liberal seats, Labor's new tax has to give three fifty nine billion over ten years to Australians, delivering gains to all taxpayers earning less than one forty six. We just talked about that, etc., um, etc. Et with nearly ninety percent of regions better off under the new proposal. Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, the uh, higher socioeconomic status areas would benefit less under the Labor's plan. Nearly 9% of regions still increase in disposable income. So I've got a couple of things here on the on the winners. Um, so the biggest losers or, yeah, the biggest losers, mm-hmm. wealthy inner city suburbs, particularly those in independent Labor-held seats, and the worst hit electorates are Warringah, that's Zali Stegel's uh, yeah. seat. Yep. Tony with average of one. Yep, correct. With average taxpayers losing $2,251. But that means, okay. which means they were getting, you know, quite a lot before. Mm. Um, other heavily impacted areas, Grainler, which is Albo's um, electorate, Wentworth, oh, yeah. Curtin, North, Sydney, Moth- Mossman, and Goldstein. So the average on each one of those, uh, Grainler Albos is going to be sixteen seventy. Wentworth, well, that's Malcolm Turnbull's. Mm, I'll, um, I'll yeah, fourteen eighty seven. Curtin, twelve fifty one, and North Sydney Mossman area. Um, that's a really rich area. That's uh, twelve oh six. And Goldstein, which I believe is Zoe uh, Daniel mm, in Victoria. In yep. They're going to be worse off by a thousand, but that's she's in like Brighton and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. So it's not not like they need to cut coin at all. Um, and what do we got? Overall focus tar- targeting tax relief towards lower and middle income um, um, middle income earners. Estimated benefit, uh, blah blah blah. We know that uh, the distribution of tax cuts remains a subject of discussion regarding income inequality and economic growth. Mm. Um, I tend to agree with that because I don't think you can just grow for the, you know, for eternity. We can't, no. we can't just keep growing. <laughs> it's, it's just going to explode. Uh, somehow we have to, we have to square that circle to stop mm. trying to, you know, 
if, if uh, you're listening to this, Keg is putting his uh, hand upwards and making an upwards uh, going, we can't just keep growing. Now yeah. I am doing a circle. I'm making a circle. <laughs> Trying that's, to fit that's... a square into a circle or a circle yes. into a square. Yes. Well, that's where, how our economy needs to go. It needs to feed itself rather mm. than the way that we just this exponential growth that we always need but anyway um i've got a couple of tips here for mm-hmm. um uh, billionaires and rich people doing it hard um and i feel uh, sorry uh, for him i know i know well look this might help this th- this might help so i mean the lmp is saying and the Australian media, um, they're doing it the toughest right now and uh, they're only going to receive four and a half grand tax cuts. So we're just trying to help uh, the strugglers doing it tough on 200,000 plus a year. So mm. maybe one of the tips could be cut down on the avocado and caviar toast. Yeah. Uh, you know, we all love our comfort foods, but alternatively, have your private chef cook you something else instead. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Good even... Idea. Make your own breakfast. When you're doing it, it's tough. It's important to live within your means, you know. So just got to uh, got to think about these things. Look, honestly, you might have to do this. You might not want to, but you might have to. You might have to sell one of your mini investment properties. Um, oh, no, you can't do that. Yeah, no, no. So despite popular Jeez. belief, investment properties actually uh, sold instead of just hoarded. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe this time financial hardship is a good excuse to do a bit of spring cleaning and, you know, just sell one of those many investments that you can to get a few quick minutes. Yep. So <laughs> another another tip uh, for the Richies out there, uh, you could find a roommate for your mansion. Oh, uh, yeah. That's for the always... uh, level one of five. Yes, exactly right. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly right. Exactly right. Um, it's just to get, yeah. So, not only is it a good way to stay in contact with people and argue over who left a couple of drops of milk left in the milk bottle, it also brings the cost down. And you know, luckily, you're the owner of the mansion, so you won't need to worry about the landlord raising your rent after you're learning you've got a room. So, you know, there, there, there's always that. And, um, uh, tip four is uh, you could let the kids take the bus to private school. Um, instead of having a chauffeur drive, drive them all the time, so oh, man. yeah, yeah, great idea. You know, the, you know, sometimes you've just got to you've just got to batten down the hatches when it comes to the financial side of things. Sometimes uh, the idea of your children going anywhere near the unwashed on public transport, obviously, that's a scary thought. But financially, it's a lot cheaper and better for the environment than having a chauffeur take them to their elite private school. So. Yeah. If that is a step too far, you can consider trying a car instead of a helicopter for the daily run. Mm. So maybe just, just add an extra half hour an hour to your commute. That's all. That's, that's all we. Yeah, we exactly suggest. right. So just yeah, just 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 check that one and um, just make sure that maybe for a change you don't fuel up the helicopter. Um, <laughs> the other one is you could downsize your yacht. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Potentially, a p- potential reality that might be heartbreaking for some to hear is that maybe you need an extra 9000 from the government for that super yacht purchase just to slum it with a regular boring yacht. I know you might be called a peasant by everyone else at the golf club, but sometimes you just got to pinch those pennies. Yeah. It's yep. Uh, just a way Yeah. Yeah, I know you do, Wincy. I know you do. Um, the other thing is, look, sometimes... 
when it's getting hard on the pocket, you just got to make different choices, you know. And instead of just buying the normal brand, you look for a cheaper cocaine alternative. It's, it's, as, easy, it's, it's as easy as that. You know, we, we all like to buy the name brands we know and love, but, you know. With the amount yeah. of cocaine doing in order to keep your energy up while bragging on social media that you've cut down your coffee, but in the same way sometimes your help needs to shop at Audi because you refuse to give them a pay rise, you might need to go to the slightly poorer neighbourhoods to get some slightly lower quality, much cheaper pumps. So, yeah, so you just got you just got to think about that. You do have to think about that. And, um, oh, yeah, look, this is a good one, and it probably won't... Um, it probably won't uh, be uh, be apparent to, to most people, and so I thought I would point it out here. Look, stop buying a new Stanley Cup with every drink of water. A rare known fact amongst owner of designer environmentally friendly cups is that they're actually reusable. <laughs> yeah, practicality is meant to be more than just a fashion statement, and you can actually use the one you already have multiple times. Your suit. Do not need to just throw it in the trash and end up in the ocean moment. A new designer cup brand replaces this one. So if you hadn't thrown out tens of those moments, Stanley Cups went viral. <laughs> so we've only got a couple more tips here, but I, I think that this should help any, you know, any Richies listening to uh, the old uh, new blurt. This uh, should be able to help them out, I think. So uh, this is a good tip. Um, it's not one that I would normally recommend, but, you mm-hmm. know, Times are hard, and I, I think uh, people getting 200000 plus will probably need to think about these sort of things, mm. maybe, unfortunately. Steal money from a homeless person. Oh, yeah. So, yeah trick them with, from the little cups that they're holding. Yep, good idea. Yeah, a- absolutely. I, I've made that. I have definitely made that um, error before. I have done mm. that. Not steal their money, but I put money in their coffee. I did do that. <laughs> oh, no. Did actually do that. I did actually do that. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, like, uh, I, I saw someone so else bad. had done it after I did it, so I didn't feel so bad. But um, but I did actually do that. I did actually do it. But while you may not notice that these people, because they've been beaten by the police and thrown in jail, they go within 500 metres of a rich suburb, but there are actually a lot of people who currently don't have a home, not just lacking investment properties, but any property but we assume that they would have probably heard how hard it is for you to get four-and-a-half-year tax cut. They would probably be fine with you taking your fair share of the money people give them for food. You are the real victim of this unfair societal structure after mm. all. I think that speaks to a lot of us, uh, a lot does. of us there. It, it does. doesn't do. It doesn't do. So, look, only a couple more here. And, look, this is a good tip for um, any sort of rich players out there. Stop playing Lamborghini bumper cars. <laughs> uh, we understand that this favourite pastime is many of the rich alongside uh, alongside spitting on poor and voting teal, but there are cheaper alternatives than playing Lamborghini bumper cars, including playing used Lamborghini bumper cars or just regular bumper cars or just giving us a million bucks and we will play human bumper cars just running around a field, running into each other with our arms by our sides for your entertainment. Uh, yes, we could we could do that. We could do that. Um, so this is the last one, but um, I hope this has been helpful for, for people out there. Um, I, I've tried to make it so. Uh, make a blood sacrifice to the old gods of prosperity. Hmm. Intriguing. Um, a traditional money saving tip blood sacrifices have gone out of fashion in recent centuries, but 
doesn't mean that they've lost their purpose. Simply conduct a blood sacrifice on your born Nepo baby and old gods will grant you great prosperity. Similar to what you already have, but with the added bonus of saving all the money you waste on that annoying Nepo baby child of yours. Hmm. Now, if people don't actually know what a Nepo baby is, which is a very, very good question, we're talking nepotism, which basically hmm. means that you have been handed riches from your rich dad or granddad or whatever. Or parent. Or parent. And uh, we are talking um, very, very rich, as hmm. in Kerry Packer. James Packer, Richard, uh, was it? Uh, whatever is Murdoch? What's the? Uh, I don't even know what it is. Yeah, something Murdoch. Whatever. Whatever. What is Murdoch? Is swearing? Were, you're swearing now, Murdoch. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So there was Keith Swear, Rupert Swear, and now there's James Swear and Lachlan Swear. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. all your Napa baby sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yes, yeah, so Lang, Lang and um, Ryan Hart. Oh, Gina Hart. Yeah. 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 Yup, 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 yup. But we don't want to mention any more of those on this no. program because people. Start I do have one more to add to the list. Oh yes, to help, nice, to help excellent. The 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 to the riches. Um, I yeah. think maybe if if they none of those um, tips work, maybe they could set up a GoFundMe page to say that they are really struggling without that extra tax cut, and so they should just um, don't us poor people should donate to help them continue their lifestyle. Oh, so look, I, I, th one. I think that's beautifully said. And uh, I think we'll go out on that. That's mm. uh, very poetic, very poetic and seems to be very fair from what I can understand. Oh, I think um, so. We probably do need to, um, yeah, we probably do need to contribute more to their wealth because oh, uh, God knows that they're doing as much as they possibly can to pay as little tax as humanly possible. Mm. Um, otherwise, they couldn't make that amount of money in the first place. So yeah, exactly. But anyway, anyway. So people, that is your show for this week, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some tips. Um, the tips came straight from the chaser, and uh, that will be a link in our show notes, and you can mm -hmm. have a bit of a read and a bit of a chortle. A bit of a yeah. um, and uh, I'll give the Chaser a bit of a shout out. They're, uh, I think their podcast is coming back uh, daily uh, in Ooh. February, which is nice. in a couple of days' time. Yeah, yeah so not, I'll not long now to wait. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And Wentzy, what have we got next week? We have a special guest, Charles Duckworth, who is a Greens candidate running for the local council elections here in Brisbane. So we have council elections coming in March so we thought we'd uh, invite him over and he's badly accepted the invite and we'll have a just good old chat to see where he's come from why he's running and what uh, his policies yeah. are what he's, yeah, what he's wanting to yeah. change or yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, all that stuff so yeah super interesting very very muchly look forward to that one so good night uh, anyone or good morning or whenever you're listening to this pod. Thank you very much, Wentzai, as always. Yep, and thank you. Great host, as always. And, yeah, hope we have a better week. Less rain. Yes. <laughs> yes, less sweat and mould for you. So, yes. with that, people, good night, blessers. Bye.
The New Blurred is brought to you by Wency and Kickstart, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, it's uh, blurtstar at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off the Glass Productions, brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.